Welcome to Speak the Truth, a podcast devoted to giving biblical truth for educating, equipping, and encouraging the individual and local church in counseling and discipleship. Hello, hello, hello. We are back in studio. Michael Van Dyke. Shauna. And Jeremy. Yes, we are finally back in studio. Um, summer is going by awfully quick. What this year think? has went, really went fast, yeah. like crazy fast. Yeah. Any uh, any other conversation from the trip with the family, Jeremy? Or is it like, oh, we went, this is wonderful, and then everybody's just like back hitting the pavement? Yeah, we're back hitting the pavement, preparing <laughs> for one of them to go off to college. So mm-hmm. it's Where? flying too fast. He is going to go to the University of Texas in Austin. Wow. Yeah, we got one too, don't we? Not going to Austin. Though. Nope, not, not going sure. to Austin. He's <laughs> yeah. staying home. Yes, TCC. Thankfully. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Fort Worth and because um, they have a good fishing hole. And, mm-hmm. and so he's looking that's forward good. to that. Let yeah. me fish between my classes. Absolutely. That's the way it that's should awesome. be. Yeah, he's got to get a vehicle awesome. to put his uh, his fishing pole in the trunk though. Yeah. So we're still working on that. That's great. Yeah. Looking forward to that. So that, that's probably one of the things that, that causes a lot of anxiety in my world is buying a new vehicle or just buying a vehicle in general. Right. Mm-hmm. You just immediately feel like you're just throwing money out oh, the window. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's horrible. Yeah. I was sharing with a friend the other day. We were having that conversation because they, he, he knows our son and I was sharing with him how like the one place you absolutely despise is when you get up to a dealership, like oh, your blood pressure gets high. Totally. You kind of start getting into the, like physiological mm-hmm. changes yes. are happening. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, totally. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, so we want to jump right into it. Uh, we are going to continue uh, our study. Well, it is a bit of a study. We're going to be going through Jeremy's book, um, Biblical Counseling Basics, and uh, we're going to be focusing on humankind and counseling. Uh, we have been talking about before, previously in the book, we were talking about uh, just God and counseling and how does uh, the Trinitarian uh, Godhead work in counseling and what that looks like. And so I, w- I would encourage everyone to go check those out. Uh, and then today we'll be continuing on in that. And we're going to be talking about a secular view of anthropology versus a biblical worldview of anthropology. And of course, their respective implications in the counseling room. So, Jeremy, you want to uh, kind of start off establishing uh, just a secular view that you talk about in uh, chapter, what chapter was it again? It's chapter nine. Chapter nine. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right. Go ahead. Well, I think this is a, a critical conversation because this is definitely where secular thought and biblical thought um, part ways. Big time, as far as uh, a human psychology is uh, defined, and I think it's important also to highlight that the actual definition of psychology is the study of the human soul, mm. and so that's how it really began. Is that the early theorists were trying to construct an understanding of the human psyche or the human soul, and uh, one of the prominent guys, we would, we would say he was the father of third force psychology. So you had Freud, um, mm-hmm. and, and, and those guys, but, uh, humanism really began to take an overt stance within the world of psychology with a guy named Abraham Maslow. Mm-hmm. And he did, he was a, the founder of humanistic psychology. And he had a very enlightening statement in, in one of his books, about human nature. And he said this, when the philosophy of man, his nature, his goals, his potentialities, his fulfillment changes, then everything changes. Not only the philosophy philosophy of politics, of economics, of ethics and values, 
of interpersonal relations and of history itself, but also the philosophy of education, of psychotherapy, and the of personal growth, the theory of how to help men become what they can and deeply need to become. And that's a profound statement because basically he's saying uh, when you change the your view of the philosophy of man, then everything in your worldview begins to change. And the humanistic perspective is one where obviously uh, humankind sits at the center and uh, everything uh, is comes from that perspective particular perspective. Mm. Yeah. It's, you know, it's interesting uh, when, cause that's always, obviously the, that's always the big question in terms of, you know, who are we, why are we here? What's the goal of man? Mm -hmm. You know, all those questions that we all internally ask uh, to, to, to some extent. Um, and then obviously as we get older, that question, you know, continues to grow and has a huge impact on us. Um, yes. So, um, Shauna, do you have any thoughts? Well, when you say like has an impact on us, like how are you seeing it impact our culture and just kind of the way we see ourselves, identity type of thing? Yeah, identity and just, I mean, the, the, the variations within culture. I mean, everybody kind of chases what, who they think they are, what they think they want. Um, and it, it's all driven by that inner man, quote unquote, kind of like you were talking mm -hmm. about that human centric, kind of what we've talked about previously throughout uh, several of our podcasts, just that idea of just kind of having a human centric uh, center thought process, everything that drives, uh, you know, what we think, what we feel um, and ultimately what we decide to do and how we act. Yes. So, and that has huge implications on counseling um, just as it has huge implications in uh, church services and right. sermons. I mean, this idea of, of, of egocentrism is definitely crept its way into the Western evangelical church where a lot of times church is more about um, tickling ears and, mm -hmm. and those kind of things. And it really is about the glory of God. So we translate, translate that also into a counseling context where we set the stage that in the process of counseling, the center is not the counselee, the center is God. Mm -hmm. And therefore uh, symptom alleviation, better marriages, all of those things are very important in the counseling process. But the most important thing is that the glory of God is, is at the center of why we're doing anything that we're doing, whether it's improving communication or um, trying to, to implement certain methods to deal with one's anxiety. It really, it's really putting a person in a position that anything they're doing psychologically or to improve a relationship is centered in the glory of God and, and worship. Yeah, that's good. And, and, and we are definitely going to, to get into that, to that part of the view. Um, so just to kind of go back, Jeremy, to, um, some of those, uh, people, is it Maslow? Yeah. Maslow. Maslow, the other, you know, huge contributors to just kind of that philosophy or the, uh, the humanistic view of, mm -hmm. you know, their anthropology. How, how did we begin to cultivate that, uh, that secular humanistic view of anthropology? Uh, we, in, you know, kind of talking about that human centric piece, um, that's really kind of driven from a secular humanistic, uh, anthropology. So what would you say as you kind of attribute to it in your book, kind of the thought process and how they look at human life or human flourishing or just the, the purpose and point of human existence type thing and why we struggle mm -hmm. with what we struggle with and that type of thing. How, how did this view just kind of begin to develop? So I would say, I, and I don't know if this is the 
ultimate origin because man has always, since the Garden of Eden, struggled with making themselves the center. Right. Mm-hmm. But as a formal philosophy of 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 hum, of anthropology, I would say that we can point back to Charles Darwin. To be honest, yeah. Um, here's a fascinating statement he made. Uh, In the distant future, I see open fields for far more important researches. Psychology will be based on a new foundation. Light will be thrown on the origin of man and his history. So Darwin himself recognized that his discoveries and the the theory that he was postulating at that time Mm -hmm. of uh, Darwinian, what we now call Darwinian evolution was going to have a huge impact on society and culture's perspective of one's psychology. And I would say that every theory that I've ever studied, every major theory would definitely anchor their presupposition of humankind in the teachings of Darwinian uh, evolution. Right. And just for uh, some of our listeners who may not be necessarily familiar with Darwinian evolution, mm-hmm. um, obviously you can, you can kind of stall out in, in getting into those uh, definitions of that. But what would you say would be a, a, a rather uh, simplistic or kind of a summarized view of um, Darwinian view and theory. So uh, originally this idea that uh, the world started from, from um, chance and uh, the big bang. And then there was uh, uh, chemicals that mm-hmm. began to emerge and somehow over millions and millions of years uh, you had early life forms Uh, develop out of nothing. And then that evolved into more complex life forms and that evolved ultimately into human beings. So it's, it's a, it's a worldview that's very much uh, exists in a godless universe, at least in their minds. And um, all of the theories that, that were postulated early on uh, when people were trying to find what we called a unified theory Mm -hmm. that just covered everything. So first big guy, that really got a lot of traction with Sigmund Freud. And it's important when we think about ourselves as counselors, our, our, the, there's our huge implications for our view of human nature. Mm-hmm. So our view of human nature ultimately guides our diagnostic framework. Right. So Sigmund Freud believed in uh, the unconscious, that there was a lot going on in the unconscious. And in the unconscious, uh, you had the components of the ego uh, the id and the superego. And a lot of his teaching early on was based on what we now call psychosexual development. So really everything about our human development was, was centered in sexuality. And if I was a Freudian therapist, all of that stuff would, would serve as the lens of my understanding of what is wrong with the person? Mm. Uh, you know, it's the id that is act. The id was kind of the darker side of us that tempted us towards evil things. And the superego was the, the conscience. And then the ego was trying to balance those two out. And, and when the, when the superego was overly active, then you deal with guilt and things of that nature. So that would be my understanding of, of humanity. There was another theorist in uh, the 60s. He was actually a seminary student and broke away from that and became a leading humanistic uh, therapist, signed the uh, Humanistic Manifesto. And he believed in a very non-directional approach to human beings. And he thought if you put a person in the right context, 
uh, giving them what he would call unconditional positive regard, empathy, and genuineness as a therapist. If you would give them that environment, then they would naturally uh, blossom into what they had potential to become. Mm -hmm. And so he was very non-directional. He wasn't going to try to tell people what to do because he felt the answer was inside of them. And if you just give them that unconditional positive regard, genuineness, and empathy, that uh, the potential that they had have within would just automatically emerge from them. And so you can see that those two secular guys had two very different perspectives of human nature, and it had great implications on how they did therapy. Mm -hmm. uh, because your view of human nature not only tells you what's wrong, but it also gives you the prescription to what to do to make things right. Right. That's good. Um, you mentioned something uh, a moment ago when you were talking about um, just kind of everything has that, uh, was it psychosocial? What was the, the term? Uh, with Freud? Yeah. The psychosexual stages of development? Yeah. So that reminded me of uh, Alfred Kinsey mm -hmm. and just the, the correlations there and just how, mm. you know, no pun intended, but propagating that worldview absolutely and just the the correlation between the again again just that humanistic worldview coming from all those different areas to try to just infiltrate mm -hmm. a worldview that obviously you know speaking of the cultural implications to shauna's uh question a few minutes ago um man the impact that it has on the culture and uh yes you know, it's just, anyway, when you brought that up, it, I immediately thought about uh, just uh, Alfred Kinsey and some things I had, had read. What uh, is that? What were you reading? Um, well, it was a study I was doing and um, just, you know, because we were talking about uh, just how things had changed in our culture where in the, you know, the 20s, 30s, 40s and 50s before we kind of went to war, like the way that, you know, the American family was portrayed. And then during the sexual revolution and just all the stuff mm -hmm. that started coming out and then just kind of finding out who fathered this, this revolution or this yep. thought process. Mm -hmm. um, and when you talked about, you know, Sigmund Freud kind of fathering some of those ideas and purporting uh, those type of things, it just, it, it, my mind just immediately went to, to Alfred Kinsey. So, and just kind of seeing the correlations there and, and just the impact Al it had on the culture. Alfred Kinsey uh, published a book based on a lot of research called, I think it was called male sexuality. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, he was, he was a very perverse man. And even he actually in, died out over, uh, I was kind of even explicit to say on the podcast, but it's um, like uh, kind of like mutilating things with, uh, you know, masturbation is mm -hmm. pretty, pretty bizarre. Like, so the very thing that he was trying to push, mm -hmm. he actually died from. Wow. Oh, wow. I'm, and he was a guy that when you went back and looked at a lot of the research he did, there was a lot of child abuse pedophilia, that was allowed. Like pedophilia. Yeah. So it, it, it led to a very dark place. And, mm -hmm. But it also found its momentum in the uh, 60s in the sexual revolution. Hugh um, Hefner was his uh, pamphleteer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. So anyway, just the, just the reality of, you know, these thoughts have consequences, you know, so Absolutely. in the culture, we don't see what's going on behind closed doors of these quote unquote intellectuals pushing a particular worldview. It, it's, it only takes probably less than a, you know, a generation or a decade before you begin to see the implications happening in the culture where it starts to influence. But, yes. you know, as a counselor, you know, these things are interesting to understand the history of this and, you know, the human, the humanistic type perspective. Why do you think that's important for like a biblical counselor to know that outside of really where Jeremy 
was talking about, you know, that God is the center of our counseling room, right? Where I can just build off of that. And there's so much to learn in just that. What would there, is there a benefit for our counselors out there that are listening or the churches to even know this type of stuff and what, why? Yeah. So, so I would answer that in two, two ways. Uh, one, I think that the reason that I bring it up in the book is a lot of times Christians feel inferior because they don't have this, at least in their thinking, they don't have this view of human nature that would compete with these complex theories of these secular men. Um, but when you get down to it, these guys are, they're doing the very same thing that we do as biblical counselors. They're trying to answer some basic questions. Who are we? Right. Uh, what is our human nature? Why do we do the things that we do? What is our, our uh, means and, and methods and processes of change and why change? And so when, when you look at Freud, when you look at Carl Rogers or Maslow or any of those guys, they were trying to answer those very same questions. And what I want people to understand is we can bring those very questions to the sacred scriptures and the sacred scriptures answers them from a Christ-centered mm-hmm, perspective. Mm-hmm. So good. I don't think people need to know all of those different theories and all of that kind of thing. Um, it can be helpful if you have someone walk in that really adheres to some of that stuff. Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, but for the most part, it's really just showing us that, you know, those guys are just trying to answer the same questions that scripture has already answered thousands of years before mm-hmm. they were even on this earth. And the, the, the good point about that, Shauna, even to that question is w- why it's worth noting and at least having some type of understanding and, and, and view on what these different views hold is to realize that in trying to answer those questions is that we're always going back to those presuppositions, right? We're always going back to what is the, what is, what's driving what we believe. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you can have two people asking the same questions and based on their presuppositions, they may have entirely different, you know, conclusions on the way that they interpret the observations that they make. Correct. Um, So with that, we're, uh, we're going to, wrap up this, uh, this episode and, and just jump into the second episode and, and really begin to establish a biblical worldview of anthropology and, uh, kind of get into the biblical perspective of that and then just discuss the differences. So any, uh, any remaining thoughts on, on anything? Nope. All right. Thank you for listening this time to the Humankind and Counseling episode, part one. We're actually going to have three parts and we will have a second part next week. See you then.